This week, we deep dive into the law of attraction with Tash Kelly, who creates workshops, events, and individual sessions for people to explore their ability to consciously create for themselves. Tash takes time to explain and expand on the law of attraction. She tells of her personal journey and the events that led to her firm belief in her ability to consciously create, as well as sharing how she actually goes about consciously manifesting in her own life. Central to Tash's explanation is that aided by contrast, life is a learning experience and that manifesting is about actually allowing things and events to happen. She repeatedly puts forward the need to trust yourself and overcome our intense need for control. Tash also talks about her 2020 vision and the gathering event that she is creating, which will be at Optus Stadium on the 22nd of February 2020 and will feature spiritual leaders from all around the globe consciously creating in one large circle of people. It was a real privilege to be in the space of someone who is so open and trusting of herself and the events and life around her. There is so much to learn in this conversation about letting go, trusting yourself more and allowing life to flow and come to you. So enjoy and allow Tash to come to you. Hello and welcome back to WA Real. I'm your host, Bryn Edwards. Law of Attraction and Manifestation are some of the areas we'll be exploring with today's guest, Natasha or Tash Kelly. Tash, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Now, before I ask you a question, I believe you'd like to set an intent for this conversation. Yes. Part of conscious creating is to consciously intend into our future how we would like something to unfold. So I've already done it this morning coming here, but I also thought to do it live just to show people what it sounds like and to do it again in this moment with you because I've not met you before. Awesome. So I would just get present, take a deep breath. Just get present to this moment. And I intend that my intention for this experience is to just fully trust what comes through, to have fun, to see this as my game, to be surprised by the conversation, to share things that I haven't really heard myself say before, to be inspired, to leave inspired by this conversation and to touch those that are listening, to inspire those that are listening. Yeah. Oh. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, one of the questions that I always ask my guests at the start is their relationship with Western Australia. That's mm-hmm. why it's called WA. So I understand that you moved here six years ago. Yes. From Queensland. And you've been here since. Yes. How did you end up here? Yes. So um, I'd been interested in a course that's only run over here. In WA, yep. and actually a very close friend of mine died, and he was from Perth, so I came over here for his funeral, and it was an incredible time. He was an incredible man, and when I got here, I just I ha- I don't know if you've experienced those moments in life where something just feels right, and I I just had a knowing that I would apply for that course, I would get in, and I'd be moving over to WA, and I hadn't ever planned to come here, and then and I didn't plan to stay either. But here I am, six years later, and just, I think it's the community here that's really kept me here, the community in mm. Fremantle, the people I've met here, the, the realness of WA, the real authentic feel, and 
It what feels does, fresh and clear here. What does realness and authenticness mm. at WA mean to you? Well, in my in in the circle that I'm involved in, so this you know spiritual circle, it still feels very. It feels honest, and it feels it doesn't feel too airy fairy spiritual. It feels like there's like a, mm. a healthy level of Aussie kind of, uh, not just accepting anything, and mm. yeah, there's there's a real love and openness and I feel like people are vulnerable in this community as opposed to, I don't know, there's some spiritual communities that feel a little more plasticky or something to me. I don't know. Okay. It's my judgment. But um, yeah, a little more uh, hyped or something. I don't know. There's something here that feels grounded. Mm. Connection yeah. to earth. Yeah. Connection to land. Yeah. Yeah. Mate. Perhaps. Yeah. Apparently we're on we're on um, energy lines here in Fremantle, so I don't know much about those, but hmm. uh, who knows? That's interesting. So can you see yourself staying here for some time? I well, again, it's the community, right? Community what is what keeps you somewhere. So I could totally see myself here, but my family is over east, hmm. and I lo- love my family and very close to them, and and um, I do love the northern New South Wales kind of you know, vibe there, that lush, lush vibe. Yes. But, you know, I've been saying that for six years, so... You're still here. Yeah. And there's big things unfolding here. Big things unfolding in Perth, I feel. Okay. So, yeah. Such as? Um, well, <laughs> I guess it's just in my world, I feel like yeah. there's big things unfolding for me here. Right. And, and there's and there a community that's growing, a real conscious community that's growing here that I feel like is... um you know, we're just kind of finding our way. And so it's, it's new and it's, again, I feel grounded and kind of earthed and, and, but yeah, just beautiful things happening. So big events, you know, festivals and, and there's another, there's a big event coming up that I'm creating, but do you want to talk about that now? We'll or like, get into that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, just for me, it feels like there's big things unfolding yeah. here. Out of interest, obviously you grew up over East. How was Western Australia regarded as you grew up? I don't remember really hearing much about it, right? It was one of those, it's that whole over east, over west thing. No, yeah. we just didn't really, don't really know much about WA. Yeah. Yeah, and we, we never came here for holidays or anything like that, so. But it's such a hidden, it's such a gem. That southern corner, southern western corner, and oh my God, it's beautiful over mm. here. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. So... As we'll get into in more depth as we go into the conversation, but there's a real sense, as I was, I was thinking about this conversation, there's a real sense that you're very focused on impacting the lives of billions of people and changing the world with what you want to do and what you are doing. Where does that drive come from in Tasha's story Mm, great question Uh, this is a great question because part of the teaching is everything is perfect right everything is perfect as it is so if that's the case why would I need to change the world why do I need to impact billions of lives if everything's perfect and I get to do just what I want to do just what's absolutely my joy 
ultimately in a way I don't need, I don't have to worry about others. I get to just totally follow my joy. But if I dream into, and so part of my story is that, um, okay, I'll just share this bit. I had a really profound dreaming where I asked myself if I truly believed I was God and I could do and be and have anything, what would I have? And the thing that felt most joyous for me was a new earth, a new Eden, like, you know, creating this modern civilization that was based in love and, and care and, you know, and we regenerated the earth and that's what is personally most exciting for me. So mm. I have that dream and yes, for me to see wells being dug and people being cared for, that makes me happy. And I do think that's partly um, the dream of consciousness. I think partly it's what makes everybody happy mm. is helping others and expressing love and care. And so for me personally, it's, it's an interesting mix of, yes, I want to do this to change the world, but really it's my personal, it's my greatest, what could be more, I can't think of anything more exciting than creating events and campaigns to help shift consciousness and to help change this planet. Mm. So um, it's just, it's personally exciting. It's a deep personal motivation. And I wouldn't do if it wasn't fun. Yeah, yeah. Was the um, was this sense of taking action and, and campaigning something that was modelled in your childhood, or is it something you've just come into? Of no, recent? no. And actually, I have always avoided campaigning. I've always avoided because I find it very negative. I feel like it's just a backwards and forwards fight. Mm -hmm. People kind of fighting from each side and not really hearing each other and. Um, and I didn't feel, and I, it felt so negative. I felt like we were losing, you know, mm. but now there's nothing more inspiring than hope. And now I'm involved in lots of different campaigns. You know, I go to the um, Greenpeace staff, I'm at the climate striking staff, I sign things online. I do a lot in the community, but it's because I now have this faith and I have this hope and I, I, I know that we can change and so, and I see so many communities doing it. I see all around the world that there is change happening. So in that hope, you know, activism becomes fun. It's fun. It's not a heavy, depressing, efforting thing. Like it's so much fun to go to the climate strikes and they're, they're playing music there and the elders speak and play dig and you meet people and it's a beautiful day. And, mm. you know, this is really the kind of um, activism I'm into. Mm. And so I think conscious creating is... For me, it's the ultimate activism. I'm really touched by what's happening in the world. Mm. And so I want to see if this is true, if conscious creating is true and we are God and we can dream in whatever we want, then I want to dream in a healthy, happy earth. And so for me, it's ultimate activism, but it's through hope and joy and fun and full self-expression and doing it just to prove who we truly are and just for the 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 beauty of it so but activism no it's it's a relatively new thing for me mm. of course i've always been interested but but uh yeah that heaviness that heaviness is really an issue i think it's why people turn away from from the issues that are impacting the earth and mm. impacting us because they feel overwhelmed by it it's easy to inhabit the victim space mm. oh it's all been done to us and we're fighting for the rights and we're a yeah. minority and yeah and that that sense of being a victim is 
really perpetrated by the media all the time, the fear mongering and we're only shown the negative news. And so you kind of have to shut off. But if we were shown how many things that are deeply inspiring, how much technology is happening now, we could radically shift this planet very quickly with yeah. what we already have. So, um, so to me, it's about switching, switching the feel of activism and, and, and switching into the joy of it. It feels great to, to be a part of the shift. Mm. Mm. So listeners may have interacted with the idea of manifestation and the law of attraction, maybe through The Secret, the book and the mm. film by Australian Rhonda Byrne. Um, can you tell me what the law of attraction means for you, for somebody who's not so sure? Yes, not so sure what it is. Yes. Well, first, I like to tell people that I was, I avoided the law of attraction and The Secret for 10 years because I just, it seemed very shallow and materialistic and... Mm. And um, but now that I know what it is, I feel like it is not. It's not new. This is ancient teachings. It's teachings from every great master. It's just shared in a slightly different way, and it's shared in a way that really excites me. So the basic premise is that, like every master has said, we are eternal beings. We are not this body. Mm -hmm. This world is some kind of illusion. And we came here through choice to expand and create and grow. This is a place where we kind of polish our diamond. Mm. But we are eternal. We go back to somewhere else and we come and go from here is the, is the basic premise. And then also that, so this realm isn't as real as we believe it to be. It's all energy, which is all being proven by quantum, quantum physics as well. Mm. We are vibrational beings in a vibrational world. Can you expand that for me a bit? How to expand that? So I, everything within me is vibrating at a certain frequency. I mm -hmm. vibrate at a certain frequency. And because I have consciousness, I can shift my vibration. I can consciously shift my vibration. I can shift how I'm emanating. Mm. So I can change what's emanating from me. And then based on that vibration kind of moving away from me, that impacts the environment. So everything, because everything's vibrating, it kind of comes into alignment or into tuning, like tuning forks. Yes. You know, if you have certain tuning forks, they'll always, they'll, they'll come into alignment. Yeah. They'll come to the sound, same sound. So the teaching is that if we, if we start to remember and start to practice that we are the source of our own emanation, mm. we are the source of our vibration, we are the source. Yes. And, and practice changing our emanation, changing, and we do that through our beliefs, our thoughts, our intentions, what we're thinking about. We're changing the way mm. we're feeling. And, um, and then as we do that, the world will shift and change in reflection to how we have shifted and changed. It's, it's wildly profound stuff. It's, it's mm -hmm. totally, um, totally different to what we've been taught about the world. And, and, and in that the world is an uncontrollable external mm. theater and we're in the middle of it. Yeah. 
that we're we're tiny insignificant we're we're at the whim of the world we have to fight to to survive here we um we're in danger all the time you know this real fear fear factor whereas this is all about actually also like every great master has said everything ultimately is love everything is for us in this dimension in this world that we choose to come to there is contrast there's ups and downs but we need that contrast we desire that contrast because that's where we grow it's where we expand and it's also where we create when mm. you experience things you don't like you you come up with the opposite things you do like mm. you imagine if we were in perfection if you were in perfection like there's everything you could possibly want just absolutely perfect it sounds great for about five minutes and then you know I went to a dreaming one time and I dreamed in perfection and it was beautiful and then and then I started to get a bit bored right a couple of minutes in and I, I started dreaming this mountain like okay this community's got to climb this mountain but I, and I had a little tap on my shoulder and these kind of higher energies saying can you see what you're doing can you see what you're creating here mm. and I was suddenly like oh wow already I'm creating a challenge you know, we, we all like a little bit of a challenge. We mm. don't want things perfect. So the contrast um, is really important here. It's, and that's why in this dimension, everything is allowed. Everything is allowed here. And, and they say everything is for well, us. Good, bad. Yeah. Fair, love. Yeah. Everything's, yeah. Because you get to come in, you get to experience it all. Everything you could possibly ever want to experience is on this planet. And then you get to choose. And this is the beauty of it. Mm. This is the profound part. Mm. Once you've experienced, you get to choose what you want in your world. And the way you do that is by focusing on what you want and dreaming right. about what you want, keeping your vision on it and emanating how you want to feel, how you want your world to feel. And then, and then <laughs> we all get to have our own worlds. Like we are all gods we're all god source in this game so it's it's pretty it's pretty wild beautiful it's wild game it's a wild game it's it i mean it's such exciting stuff to me yeah i'm just taking that in mm. so how did this come about for you at some point, Penny must have dropped, mm. or the whole concept of the law of attraction yeah. must have come across your bow. You don't just no. sit here and tell me that mm. without there being a personal story mm. with epiphanies, etc., yeah. in it. Can yeah. you share that, please? Yeah. So, like I said, I was interested. I was interested. You know, it fascinated me this idea of manifesting, and I'm quite an open person, but I'm also very skeptical. Mm. And law of attraction material is um, channeled by a woman called Esther Hicks. And she calls these beings that she channels Abraham. Hence Abraham Hicks, for people who don't know. Rhonda Byrne learnt from Esther Hicks, Abraham mm. Hicks. So, um, so Esther Hicks is channeling this information from a higher realm or whatever, mm. whatever it is. And... 
I, I was intrigued by, the, by that idea, but very sceptical, and I would never have believed it. The I concept of channeling. Yeah, the concept of channeling. It was just all a bit much, you know. It was all too much, all a bit too out there. And um, that's why I avoided partly why I avoided it as well. Mm. How, far, how long ago was this? So mm. I only really properly started about six years ago. Oh, yeah, that's seriously. Western Australia. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I dabbled a bit, you know, a bit of fun, a bit of mucking about, and then... What does dabbling look like? Well, you know, that, like, writing a list of my <clears throat> perfect partner and, you know, just, just for the fun of it, really, but not mm. taking it seriously. I never really believed, you know. Mm. just was a bit of a muck-around thing. But then I met a man, and he was more of a sceptic than me, English man, very kind of, he wasn't, wasn't particularly spiritual. And while we were together... He became a channel. And that, yeah, right. and that experience was absolutely, it, it changed everything for me because mm. he was able to do things that I've never heard of any channel being able to do. It was absolutely miraculous. He did things that were not explainable based on my understanding of reality. Can you give me an example? Yeah. Um, so... Well, lots of personal, lots of personal things, but, uh, for example, we started to do sessions together and people would come to the session and they would write down what they wanted to address in the session, but they would do that in a separate room. They'd fold that up, put it in an envelope and put it on their self and they'd choose cards from a pack. And then he, in the session, my partner would directly quote what they'd written down on that piece of paper and at the end would channel through what cards they had before before seeing them and so and then the whole session would be channeled specifically around that question and it was always on point but just to channel specifically the question that they brought without him knowing what it was and mm. things like that so that would often happen with me they'd you know we'd be driving in the car and I'd be talking about something and he'd say oh I don't know grab that book third third book down go to page 58 and then he would verbatim channel what the paragraph was in that book from the back seat and it would be exactly related to what I was just talking about and the question I just had mm. things like that healing healings happened um he healed you know together we healed a hole in his heart which is just impossible it's unheard of it was one of those cases where the doctor said it was a total it didn't make sense it was a miracle so yeah, it, things like that. Hmm. And there's lots of that, lots of that. It was, when I share it, I feel like unless you're in it and experiencing it, it I don't know how it lands. But for me, hmm. it was enough to, abs without a doubt, I know that there's something beyond my beliefs, at least. I yes. don't know exactly <clears throat> what it is, hmm. but there is something absolutely beyond what I believe to be true. And I believed in channels, like I, without a doubt, mm. I now believe in channels, and so, perhaps we're all channels to a degree. Mm. But yeah, I um, earlier in the list of podcasts, I was fortunate enough to sit with a lady called Marina Kirk, and we had a whole discussion about how we we all channel to a greater or lesser degree, and she talked a lot about the creative process of being a channel. Which was fascinating. Mm. So, how do you personally then go from mm. being exposed to this 
mm. with with a now yeah. ex partner, um, and then move into it yourself. Yes. So when I was with him, we often did sessions together. He was often channeling for me, and the higher energies were teaching me through every session. They were teaching me how to heal mm-hmm. and how to consciously create. And I'd never heard of the, I'd never really heard the teachings before, but I heard them through my partner. And those sessions were always so profound, and the magic after them was so profound. I couldn't, I couldn't ignore yes. the teachings. So I started to dabble, and well, no, I started to take it seriously. Yeah, sounds like you were dabbling I started, before. Yeah, I was dabbling before, but then I started to take it seriously. You know, when you've got these higher energies, and they're in the room with you, and they're, and they're saying, come on, you are source, you are God, like dream bigger. Mm. And then I, I would start to do that, start to dream things in, and things came into my reality. And so I just got bolder and bolder, and with the support of those sessions, mm. I was able to dream really big. Because often in the beginning when people are uh, manifesting, it's little things. It's like, oh, I need a new job so I can go on that holiday or I need mm. to manifest in a new car or, you know, it's very, it's a very constricted kind of small world view that we're, mm. and often we're trying to manifest to fix something, yes. to fix a problem or to make our life better, which actually doesn't work. It's like one of the problems with the understanding of manifesting is that that doesn't work because actually what you're saying to the world is, there's a problem in my world. Yes. That's actually what you're putting out there. There's, I, you know, if you're asking for more abundance, what you're saying is I don't have any abundance. Yes. I'm in lack. Yes. So um, it's tweaking that. But with the help of, the, of these sessions and the higher energies, I was really able to get beyond that and dream really big, which is where in one of those sessions I dreamed about a new earth, a new Eden. You know, if I truly was God, what mm. would I dream in? That was with the support of, of the magic of those sessions. So then after that, <laughs> yep. um, that's when, so we separated, my partner and I, and then I found the teachings of law of attraction. And when I listened to them, it just, it just rung with truth, hmm. rung through with truth for me. And I listened to them every day for hours and I started practicing really seriously and miracles happen and, and there's been big ones <laughs> to happen. Just keep getting bolder. What was one of the tipping point miracles when you were like, this is on? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's lots, you know, there's, there's lots, there's mm. lots of little ones. Cause I think we need a lot of, cause otherwise you just go, oh, that was just a lucky one. Yeah. You know, so you need like 50 and then you start to go, okay, no, this is, this is more than just luck and synchronicity. Now there's something weird going on here, mm. but a good one. One of my, one of the biggies was. Um, I was running a group, a 30 day group where we were dreaming together and it was Mm. my first group. So I felt very responsible for the group and I wanted something big to happen. I wanted Mm. something really impressive to happen to inspire the group. Mm. So my intention was that, you know, I put out this intention of, I was, I'm traveling the world. Everything's done for me. I'm, I just, I'm surrounded by conscious creators and, um, yeah, and also that something amazing was going to happen in this 30 days that blew our mind. And remembering that Esther Hicks is the, you know, she's like a bit of a guru for mm. me in this realm. She's the source of a lot of this information, although there are a lot of people on the planet that are, that are teaching this same information. She's just one that I particularly love. Anyway, day 15, exactly halfway through, as I was getting off the plane in Sydney, I felt like I intended that 
it was going to happen. I was going to get a message as I got off the plane and it was going to be something incredible, you know. And as I got off the plane, a message came through that said, so this was Thursday night and it said, on Saturday, there's an Abraham Hicks cruise leaving Amsterdam um, for 12, 12 day cruise around the Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. Do you want to come? There was a friend of mine. He said he'd pay for half the cruise. Thousand, he'd put in a thousand bucks. It was a thank you for the work we'd done together. And so I immediately went, oh my God, that's, this is the thing, you know, Esther Hicks, a cruise, but I had no money. I had responsibilities in Sydney. I was going away for my dad's 70th that weekend. Like there was a lot of stuff happening and I had no money. So I instantly just put it aside. I just went, that's amazing, but it's not possible. Then the Friday morning, the cruise was leaving on Saturday, Friday morning, I, I was in the middle of this 30 day dreaming. I'm like, come on, Tash, can you at least try this dreaming, try to dream it in. So I was sitting on a bed with my friend uh, who was also doing the 30 days and I closed my eyes and I just silently went into a dream. And I tried to dream myself, to visualize myself on that cruise, you know, on the ship with SDX in front of me. And I couldn't, it took so long to get into the dream because thoughts kept coming in like, I can't ask my parents for money. I can't mm. do this. I, all the doubt. All fear, the house. All the house. It was just, it just felt impossible, but I just kept pushing through. And eventually I was able to like break through and I, I felt like I was, you know, I saw myself in there. I was on the cruise. It was amazing. And I asked myself if I would want to do it. I was like, yeah, of course I would. If I could do that, absolutely I would do that. And then a thought popped in, well, look, if a wad of cash lands in my lap, I will go. And with that, there was a real release, right? Because if a wad of cash lands in my lap, sure, I'll do it. I opened my eyes and my friend, I'd done all that in silence, of course. My friend looked at me and she reached down beside her and then reached over and put $6,000 in my lap. What? I know. From where? <laughs> she, she, she kept a little stash a little stash. A little stash in her bedside thing. Six, like, yeah. And she just felt compelled to do that. She just felt compelled. She was on the 30 days with me. She Now, this is a woman who does not normally give out. She's very, actually, quite tight with it. I love you, Nicola, but you are a bit tight with it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and so it was an absolute surprise to me. And she mm. knows what I'm like with, with money. So, but she, she just felt inspired. And she didn't, she hadn't heard me. She knew I was thinking about going on the trip. Mm. She knew about that. But for her to do that was still huge. And I had just pictured a wad of cash in my lap and this wad of cash landed. But now it's like, you know, midday Friday and it leaves from Amsterdam the following day at 1.30. So I'm still like, well, we've still got to get flights and, you know, how does all that work? But of course, I just happened to have my passport with me and... And everything unfolded so smoothly. Everything was done for me, which they say that's what happens when you're fully in the dreaming and in alignment. Mm. And and everything was incredible. I could say lots more about that story, but yeah, that's there enough. That moment of, just that moment of her putting that cash in my lap. <laughs> so there must be, and I'm going to ask you more about the hows, the dreaming in, in a second. But you must now navigate life with a deep sense of knowing, almost certainty. 
is that right how and how does that feel in you and in your body and in your, the way you're being there's definitely more and more trust but in 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 the possibility of who I am there's definitely more trust there's definitely more of a of a belief that when I dream things come in definitely and I still have to work on this I really I can fall into doubt I can mm. and I don't absolutely know who I am and I think that's that's what this path is about and mm. it's part of the reason I'm doing it to explore well, who am I who am I and what am I capable of and if it's true that I am God and I can dream okay well let's te- well, let's see let's mm. test that out you know and if it and if these dreamings keep coming in it's a pretty profound thing to accept hmm. because what does it say what does it say? like if you if you can sit and dream something that you would like to happen in your world and then it happens the whole world shifts to make your dream happen a what does that say about the world hmm you know what does that say about the world I don't know and what does it say about who you are it's so big so I definitely walk definitely with more wonder and I'm in constant awe Mm. of I'm in awe of it all it never gets boring it never gets like but am I fully living in faith and trust that's my aim that's my aim I'd love to take every step because they say we can we can trust our joy. So imagine like just doing everything I wanted to do, every like literally not doing a thing that I don't feel called to do. Mm. And oh, that's um and I have lived that way with certain dreams that have come through and anyway. So I'm getting there, I'm getting there. But to fully believe this, ugh, I think that I'd need like an awakening. I think this is a slow awakening. What would an awakening look like? I have no idea. I just feel like an awakening would be like what you're talking about where after it you absolutely know who you are. That's mm. what I feel like an awakening is. I think that's interesting how you say, because working the logic through is that if, we're, if we are creating, whether consciously or unconsciously, every given minute, then to walk around with a sense of awe in, in the world and the environment that around, surrounds you is almost being in awe at what you yourself yeah. are creating. Yeah. And therefore is a reflection of who you are. Yeah. Yeah. And that's also what they say. The more awe you bring, the more you'll be given that will create awe in you. Because whatever you focus on, that's why gratitude, that's why gratitude is so powerful. Mm. Because you're focusing on what you already love, what's already here, what's already abundant. So there's no lack in that feeling. Mm. You're not emanating any lack. You're really focused on what you love. And when you focus on what you love, you get more of that. So gratitude isn't just a make you feel better in the moment thing. It's mm. actually, it's magic. You're playing with magic. Mm. If we're God. There's a great sense of tenacity in what you're talking about and the way you talk about it. As in, well, if I am part of source, if I am part of God, 
then I'm going to go and test this and play with it and yeah. go for it. Yeah. And that's the beauty of this teaching. You mm. can test it. You can try it out. It's really like what I'm getting a picture of letting go of the side of the wall in the deep end of the swimming pool. Yes. Trusting yourself that you will float. Yes. I've got goosebumps. That's, that's it. You're trusting something bigger than yourself. Mm. You're handing over to something bigger than you know yourself to be. And it's both terrifying and quite challenging to do. And, I mean, the most thrilling thing. Because when you take that leap and suddenly the world shows up, well, the first time you're still going to be going, ah, you still got to take that leap again. Yes. And this is what I say to people, right? It's not one leap where you take a leap and then suddenly you realize Ta-da. that life's, you know, suddenly, no, it's a thousand leaps every day of mm. trust. And okay, can I trust this moment? All right, the bus hasn't turned up in time. Can I trust that? Can I let go? I'm just going to focus on getting to relax here. and Like really shifting how you see the world. Mm. It's a thousand little leaps of trust and letting go of control. And I suppose it's slowing down the processing time between yes. leaping, standing, yes. leaping, standing, leaping, standing, leaping. Yes. Even just starting to, becoming, to become aware of how negative we usually are, how much negative talk we're in. Mm. How much we're, yeah, even just becoming aware of that and seeing what the percentage of your day you're really in control and fear mode as opposed to, I don't know, thinking about stuff you love and enjoying mm. this moment. Feeding yourself good stuff. Yeah, it's pretty. it's a pretty small percentage for most people of being able, of actually enjoying a moment. So tell me how. <laughs> You've talked about dreaming You've talked about laws. You've, um, yeah. Mm. How does it work? So, or at least for you. Yeah, that's right. And that, and that will lead. To, that'll be a question as well. Is, mm. is what you're going to tell us, how it it is, or is it how it is for Tash? Mm. Well, I have no idea, right? Because I don't even know. I don't know whether you really. <laughs> I don't know. You might be in your own universe with its own rules. I don't know. But from what Good I've point. heard. And my experience is this, and yes. that's that, um, so the teaching is that ultimately we don't have to do anything. You don't have to dream. You don't have to consciously create because you've already spent a life living contrast. And every time you experience something you don't like, you automatically shoot off this desire of what you do like. So you've actually already done the work. You're already doing the work in every moment mm. of your life of of what you prefer, your no, preferences. Automatically. Automatically. Mm. So, and what they say is you've already got banked up lifetimes worth of amazing things and amazing experiences. So the task really, so you've already asked, you've already received. So our task really is to allow. Mm. And this is why I find it also such a powerful teaching because it's very similar in some ways to like Advaita or non-dual or, you know, it's got those elements of if you just go with the river and let go and allow the, the well-being and the magic that creates worlds can flow through you and it will just happen naturally. Mm. So I love that concept. You know, we don't have to get anywhere. We don't have to become anyone amazing. Mm. We just have to start taking off the layers of the beliefs and the doubt and the everything 
that we've piled on. And of course you do that through meditation is the best way because in meditation you're just Mm. revealing who you are. You don't have to become anyone. There's no effort in this apart from the effort of not doing. (laughs) Yes. The effort of trust, the effort of interrupting the old habit of mind and the, the old thoughts and that it's a real strong habit. So to change that habit into trust and gratitude and being in this moment, yeah, that takes a little bit of effort. Mm. But really you're not changing yourself. You're just revealing the perfection that is already here. Mm. So the first thing is to know is that you don't have to dream. It's not another thing you have to do to fix your world. Mm. And if you don't do it, you're going to mess things up. You know, there's a real danger with it. No, it's the teaching that, that just start to meditate be more in this moment be more in peace focus more on what you love and watch things shift in your outside world because suddenly you've stopped the momentum of the Mm. old energy a bit but you can also you can kind of rest back into who you are and let things unfold beautifully Mm -hmm. or and you can come out and really be creator and visualize and dream and imagine what you want to experience and so what they say is in your imagination you there are limitless possibilities limitless worlds so you can go into there and tap into what you want to ingress so who you want to be in this world what you want to experience more of um, what you want to see happen in your world the trick to it is that like we were saying it can't be to fix anything so it can't be right it can't be well you you can you know you can like now i'm intending i intended Mm. how our talk would go but it's not it's not fear-based and lack-based it's in fun it's like this is how i want it to go it's going forward it's not away from yeah something like that so what they say is you know go go broad in the beginning Go broad. What you know? You want to experience more fun and love, and you want to, I don't know, meet some, have an experience you've not had before. And but you, the the idea is that you experience it as if it's happening now. So if you can emanate that feeling in your body as if it's happening now, that's sending out a signal into this realm, or however however it works. I've heard it described many different ways. And they're all brilliant to, to understand it. But essentially, you visualize it until you can feel it as if it's happening in this moment now. And then, I mean, Dr. Joe Dispenza, I don't know if you know him. Yep. But he's proving what happens in the body when you do this, how the cells change, all the, I think something like a thousand, a thousand, um, what's it called? Can't think of the word of it now, but released into your body one of those neurotoxins uh, uh, something like that yeah there's no, anyway in the brain. Yeah. I, I never remember the science of it but he's brilliant he's he's really showing the science around how this works mm. you know on a, on a science level um so yeah you shift yourself into visualizing as if you're already living that life and you know, it's to have fun in the dreaming, to to open to, like I asked myself, have we got, you're going to let me know if I'm going on with these stories, just keep going. 
Um, for example, so they say, go, go beyond your beliefs because if you're dreaming within your beliefs, often it'll be caught up with fear and doubt. And, but if you go beyond your beliefs mm -hmm. into what seems fun, there's actually more freedom there. So when I did this in, a, in the circles, I asked the question of us all, okay, let's dream into what would be, what's the most exciting life you can imagine living? What would, what would just bring you joy? What would be like mad if it came true? Mm. And my dream was, and this was late 2017, mm. my dream was that I was working with the most powerful shamans and healers and musicians on the planet and together we were creating these amazing events to help shift consciousness. And that was like a wild dream. That was, that was just one that I kind of went in and, you know, it kind of came to me. I wasn't even really creating it. It was just taken on this journey. Like when you're a kid and you go off into your imagination. So I did that a few times and that was really, oh, I could feel it. It was so exciting, thrilling. And then just over a year later, so last year, I ended up holding, running, creating a festival with um, called Manifest, Conscious Creating and Dreaming Festival with some of the best shamans and healers from Australia and some from overseas and the best musicians around Perth, you know, and it was all about shifting consciousness. So that event, a festival, man, like it was crazy. Mm. I would never have believed that that was possible back when I dreamed that. So suddenly my dream, this impossible dream mm. came true less than 18 months later in, in a like, oh my God. And I thought I would be invited to the events, right? In yeah. my dream, I didn't think I'd be creating the event mm. and the shamans would be coming to, you know, to this event. So that was another big, big, uh, big dreaming of mine coming through. Another aha moment, having all that unfold. Mm. But yeah, so essentially, as much as we can, living in gratitude, living in gratitude, letting go of control, handing over to something bigger and seeing what happens, really practicing that every morning, being in gratitude. And then if you want to, you can go in and specifically dream. A, because it's so much fun. And B, when you dream something specific and it comes in, that, that's powerful for your faith. Mm. That's been powerful for my faith and trust. Is it, um, when you dream something, is it just letting your mind and thoughts just go? Or you actually almost consciously forcing the construction of the picture mm. so i found it's a little bit of both it's mm. kind of like a meditation it's a bit of a skill that we've lost i mean we're all geniuses at it this is who we naturally are we are naturally mm. dreamers as kids right we naturally are in the imagination it's so much fun but as adults it takes a little bit to get back in but if you find a nice background bit of music and just sit and meditate and then just think of something like awesome like i don't know you're with your lover down on the beach at sunset something that's quite easy to imagine and then you know really try and feel the sand under your under your feet and like see the ocean and, and just start to use your imagination you will start to get taken somewhere mm. so you might have to start it off right but then you it takes get, a life of its own uh, absolutely life on its own it's the most incredible experience. It's a shamanic journey. So are you, um, when you say, uh, are you visualizing this like once or repeatedly? Mm. Are you writing stuff down? Mm. Well, this is where it gets a bit, um, you know, this is where people can get a bit stuck in. I yeah. have to do it right. Th this is why I ask. Yeah. 
I have to do it right. And if yeah. I don't write it down, well, you're not so, doing it right. Yeah, I haven't done it five times. And yeah, and um, once with the left, next with the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you don't do it, and so it's. I don't know. I dreamed it several times, but only because it was so much fun to dream. Mm. And I, I did I write it down? Probably. I mean, they do say that that the if you dream it and then speak it and mm. then write it, you're already bringing it. You're already ingressing it energetically in ways into this realm. Yes. So it helps. They also say you only ever have to dream it once and then it's right. done and you let go. Right. But I dream that dream several times because they also say you can go in and tweak it and add to yeah. it and just whatever's whatever's joyous. But ultimately to remember the task is to let go and allow and not try and control. And if you're that controlling around it, you're probably wanting, you're attached to this thing coming in, right? Mm. If you want to dream it five times, you need to write it down. You're very attached to this particular thing coming in. So you have to dream it in pure fun and then let life bring it in. Like my dream, it was so much bigger and more incredible than I could have dreamed. I wouldn't have dared dream. So it's almost like if we were to set the why and the what and then leave the universe to do the how. The why and the what. Why would we want it and why what it actually is. Why would we is. want it? Yes. I, yes, definitely. Leave the universe to do the how. Absolutely. Don't think of the stepping stones. Just go straight to the ultimate thing of what you want. Absolutely. The why is always... I'm just saying this. The why mm. is always for joy. Yes. Because if there's a different why... I don't know. There's something about that that feels like... Mm. That if we're controlling the why... Mm. again it feels like it's going into a bit of like well because I need a new house or I need a new job or I need you know yeah I don't want this yeah mm. but so they say just keep it emotion based in, in the beginning if you want to like mm. I'm feeling more joy and, and, and the images in your mind like you can be dreaming that you're on a purple dragon yeah. on, a, on a different planet so long as it's joyous mm. you're ingressing that and I energy. find it interesting when you know, sometimes you have a, sometimes I have a, like a, oh, I'd really like that, whether it be, let's just arbitrarily say, four-wheel drive vehicle. And it's like, but I've learned of recent to so I ask myself questions, well, what is it about that? And you peel it back and peel it back and peel it back. And it comes down, for me, the freedom to explore the land of Western Australia. Mm, yes, beautiful. And it's that yes, that I really the real, want. Yes. And the car is obviously a vehicle to do that. Yes. And that's a brilliant example because they talk about the universe here is the true desire. Mm. So you might say you want the four-wheel drive and then you end up finding yourself traveling around WA doing stuff because that was the true desire. Mm. Um, yeah. You, earlier on, you mentioned that all the desires are like rockets that have been sent off and, and they're all there. They're all there waiting for you. It's almost like the trick is to allow it. Mm. Why don't we? Yeah. <laughs> and how don't we? Yeah. And it reminds me of something of what they say is the best place to be is to be in gratitude for where you are. Mm. Absolute gratitude. Like not really 
wanting anything and yet looking forward to more. Yeah. Dreaming of what like brings you joy, but you're unattached to it. It's such a, but can you feel the, um, the spiritual growth in all of that? Mm. To be so grateful for what is, to trust that whatever is happening for you now is polishing your diamond, is creating the person that you desire to most be. Because mm. it only happens through challenge. We only you know, become more compassionate through a challenge, through understanding others and understanding what people have experienced. Mm. And so I can't remember where I was going with that. Oh, yes, being grateful for what is and looking forward to more. Mm. And It's interesting because as you say that, it's, it strikes me that there's a very fine balance yes. of looking forward to more, being grateful for what you are, and then always like these missiles of fear and doubt that yes. come in yes. to try and disrupt that. Yeah. And the stories and labels and definitions and beliefs that we put upon things yes that then become our death grip on reality yeah yeah we're so we're so we so want to control it we're so afraid we've got a thousand balls that we think we have to manage and we we have to we have to figure out the way that we're going to make this life the best life for us and Mm. and we have no idea we we don't have any perspective we cannot i mean i've thought this since i was a kid how do you make a choice like how can from my perspective, how do I know whether moving to Perth is the best thing or staying in Queensland is the best thing? Mm. I don't know. I can I can't know what's going to happen in my future. You know, do I any choice? We cannot know what the better outcome is. You might say, well, in Perth I'll get to go to the uni and I can do this, this, and this. But but you know, I might come to Perth and get bitten by a snake. I don't know. Mm. You know, we can't we can't know. So how then do you make decisions? Well, the only way really is intuition. Hmm. The only way we might make it on control. Most of us make our decisions trying hmm. to control, but but you know it's it's a false it's a false sense of knowing what's going to happen hmm. by by well, some choice. In sales, it's widely acknowledged that people buy an emotion and then rationalise that afterwards with logic. Hmm. <laughs> In sales, okay, sales can be looked in one thing in terms of, you know, selling things for money. But at the other end of the scale, what I find interesting about sales is it's that point when somebody actually commits to something. Mm. And therefore, what are some of the drivers behind that? Because you can change anything in an instant. Yeah. Yeah. You can say, oh, you know, it took me 10 years to get to the, you know, 10 years to make the decision or 10 years to get to the point. No, 10 years preparing you for this point yes. when you decide. Technically, though, you could have decided at any point along That's the 10 right. years. And what they say is we can live our life trusting an inner guidance. I mean, mm. we've all heard this a thousand times. And that inner guidance is joy calling mm. us. Like there'll be a slight sense of you'll, you'll want to do something. Mm. And we can trust that because something with a much bigger perspective is calling to us. And that's how it calls to us, Mm. by our feelings. What feels honestly better, what feels like a little little bit more relief, you know, is is the path that's calling us. And so imagine, I mean, that's really my aim is to live. Okay, what am I feeling to do in this moment? 
can I trust life that much that I may not even go home? I might just walk out of your place now and just walk up to Perth. I don't know. And just, <laughs> you know, if I could fully trust, it's unlikely. I'll probably go to Utong for a coffee, but mm. you know, like, wow. To mm. really take every step in, in deep intuition, trusting that something with a bigger perspective How was, when you went from a place of being hugely skeptical about this to much more trusting out, how was it received by the people around you? Well, I was new to Perth, right? So well, yes, new... that's, that's very fortuitous then, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. But how is it, all right then, so how is it perceived when you go back, Yes, well, friends and family from back at home, um, who knew skeptical touch? Yes. Because that's so, one of the biggest tests. I think... I think if anybody who's listening to this deep down, if they're super honest with themselves, will agree entirely with everything you say. And yet the moment you sort of pop your head above the parapet and you get the first person who goes, that sounds like a load of shit. Yeah. Are you fucking mad? I've got goosebumps. Um, is the moment when most people go, oh, I'll go back under the yeah, parapet. Back in. I'll do this in the secrecy of my own bedroom. Yes. But are you then going to go out and confidently talk to someone? that's right yeah that's really big because that's then a test of faith yes and um, I have been living over east I've been going backwards and forwards and I've been living with um, been living in a community that isn't isn't open to this at all Mm. doing some work over there yeah and and I've, I used to wonder, why am I here in, in amongst this? When I've, you know, it was just after the festival, I was surrounded by conscious creators, and now I'm back in a community that is not, in, I'm not talking about it, I'm not running circles, yep. I'm not, no one. And as you ask this question, I can really see that part of the magic of that is I really got to experience what it's like when you're in like, you know, the, the average or normal society, because I haven't been in that. I've surrounded myself with people mm-hmm. that believe in this, but when you're back there, it is so, I wouldn't use the word lonely in a way because, and I read this thing, I can't remember who it's from, but that loneliness, yeah. <laughs> loneliness isn't about not being with people. It's about not being able to express who you truly are and, and what's going on for you. Yes. I thought that was really powerful. Um, so I would just say it's a real challenge because most of the world thinks this is absolutely ridiculous and fair enough. It's crazy. It's wild. Set in traditional Oh, it's the most crazy stuff. I mean, imagine being told this stuff. Oh, yeah, you can... I mean, I get it. I get that people are so cynical mm. and skeptical and I just... I get it. Mm. <laughs> so... But to be amongst that, to be someone who's starting to get interested in this and be amongst, be in that world that's so skeptical, I would just say you're amazing. Like you must be one of the ones waking up because to even to even be questioning it, you know, mm. in that realm is is huge. And and I would recommend absolutely find the groups, find the set up a group where you talk about it that's what I did there were no groups around so I just set one up because I needed it for myself Mm. I needed the support each week and now you know every Tuesday um, I was going to ask about that how do you go from this being a personal project which again 
you could keep it in your own bedroom so just metaphorically speaking where you know the rest of the world doesn't see um to creating the events that you do yeah creating the community oh man i don't know that's all part of the magic right how did you do that well, yeah. So Neville Goddard calls it this um, bridge of possibilities. So you mm. go from a dream and then all these things happen that kind of you can justify how you ended up creating a festival. But really, it's pure magic. Really, mm. it's God at work. Like, So, yes, I mean, I started the circles. I just do it just to trust because if I'm God source energy and this is some kind of illusion, mm. then I don't have to worry too much. This is the beauty of it. You don't have to worry about what anybody else is doing. You don't have to worry about competition. You are in your own world, creating your own world. Mm. So for me, I wanted a community and I wanted to be supported by other people. I wanted to explore this together. I wanted to be inspired by other people. So I set up my own once a week group for myself, really selfishly. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then of course it's grown and grown and I just love them and magic happens. And, and so, you know, I got to know a lot of, in fact, that's really how I met everyone. Hmm. in Perth was mostly through this group and then started with this little event called Tribal Fire Ceremony which all unfolded magically and you know and of, when you're trying to tell the stories of dreams that come true it's so difficult to tell them because the weave mm. of the dream starts years before mm -hmm. you know that you look back and go oh my god this has been able to happen because I met that person this, this that. four years yeah it's like life knew and, and all along and I drew on a skill that I got from a part-time job exactly. when I was 17. And <laughs> exactly. The whole of life. Suddenly you're like, oh my God, it's a symphony. <laughs> and it's all coming together in this in this mm. moment. You know, with the festival, it seemed like every single person I knew was the exact person I needed to create this thing. Spirit-led. And that's what they say our dreams are. They are, they are spirit-led. They're calling us. You know, me... Um, my will and thy will are one. So my highest joy is actually what life is wanting to live through me, not just for me, but for the benefit of the all. So we can trust our desires and we can be really selfish and trust ourselves and because it's actually what's best for the all. I mean, imagine if we were taught that. We are not taught that. We're not taught to trust ourselves. No. But if we ingrained that in kids early, then life would be really easy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and where you take the fun out of the growth-centric yeah. experience. Where, like earlier on you gave an example of how you did the dreaming and if a wad of cash turned up and you literally opened your eyes, did nothing, yeah. and there's a wad of cash. Yeah. Where do you see the balance between sitting back and going, all right, universe, work your magic, um, dreaming and then going, go on universe, I'm all here. And dreaming and I've got to go and take action on this. Mm. To then open a door. Which, you know, <sighs> yes. Would your, hypothetical question, mm. would your bigger manifest events have happened if you hadn't started your little events? If you just sat in a room and gone, big event. Yes. You know, I, we don't know the answer to that well. because we're at this point. But where do you see the sense of allowing things to happen mm. and actually stepping up and leveling up mm. to open the door to make them happen? Well, do the see beauty that? is, and there's, you know, I have friends who argue this point that, that you've got to make, you know, you can't just sit back. 
and dream in your room and hope that life you've got to get out there and make you know mm. you've made things happen you've created a, a festival and stuff but the beauty is that when you are in alignment and when you've dreamed something in <laughs> the drilling in the background yeah when you've dreamed something in um see now that i've focused on that that's what's really in my reality right where i hadn't even thought of it before yeah okay so <clears throat> ah yes the action thing so when you're in alignment and when you dream something in, you are called to action. I could not have not done those things. Yes. I was inspired. I feel like life mm. tricked me into it in a way. Yes. You know, I thought I was doing something else and then suddenly it became this other thing where I had yeah. to really suddenly step up. Otherwise, I wouldn't have done it. You know, it's, it's this, you are inspired. The motivation comes out of inspiration and joy and it's like, you can't, I could, you know, that festival, I, I worked. Not, not do that. I can't not. The festival, man, I worked my butt off for months for it. And, you know, I didn't sleep for days. and But that was all pure. Oh, my God. That was joy. Mm. Joy, there's so much happening. And there's not a moment where I was like, oh, this is too much effort. And, you know, they say when you are efforting, when you are trying, you're not in trust which is such a biggie because most of us effort. Say that again. When you're efforting, when you're trying to make something happen, mm. when you're trying to get something done or forcing yourself into an action, you're not in trust. Yes. You're, you're, and actually you... Again, your death grip on you this you is think how you have I think to. it should be, averting fears. Yeah. And the and reason why. why it feels bad is because you're not in alignment. Mm. But when you're in alignment with the truth of what you want to do, it's effortless, even though you might work 24 hours straight. It's effortless. Mm. And not without challenge, hugely challenging. That's the other thing, you know, these dreams that have come in for me, big dreams and bigger ones coming, mm. much bigger, that scare me, you know, and lately have scared me into no action because they're so big. And, um, but also what they say is your dreams are calling you to become the person that you want to be. So yes, you might dream, like I dreamed of, say, the festival. Man, that took a lot of expansion for me. I was terrified of being seen and heard and judged. And, you know, it took a lot and lots happened in the lead up to it. You know, really, I was left um, in a place of of no confidence and and. I'd given up all faith in this stuff for a little while there in the lead up, but I, but that ended up perfect for then breaking through and, you know, so it's not, it's not like, Oh, you dream something in and then life's just mm. easy peasy. There's it's a bicycle by the front door. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's, you're taken on a journey cause that's what we want. Mm. You know, we want to be the hero of our own story. We don't want it to just be handed to us. Imagine that you're conscious creator and you just go, okay, well, I'm just going to live in a great house by the beach. It's done. There you are in the house by the beach. Can you feel the emptiness in that? Mm. No, we want the journey, the excitement. But they say that the biggest joy actually is dreaming a dream and then watching it come in and, and being called to it, being called to action. Mm. That's the joy, not even ultimately the having of the dream. Because we're creator. So when we get to that dream, we are always wanting to expand. So once we get to that dream, It'll be great for a little bit, and then we'll be like, okay, what next? Don't be that girl. Yeah. Expand, expand, expand. Oh, yeah. And to, a beautiful thing they say, I reckon, is really powerful is get used to the feeling of dissatisfaction. 
like you will always be that little bit dissatisfied. Yes. And if you can just feel that in you and accept it, that's the creator element in you. You always want more. That's your God. I refer to that as almost like my unquenchable restlessness. Yes. Can I make it better? Can I fix it? Can we move yeah. forwards? Can we do this? Can we do this? Drives people around me mental. <laughs> yeah. Well, to enjoy the, to enjoy that without the stress around it, mm. without the attachment to it or anything, but just to, to enjoy the creating. And again, it's a co-creation, right? I mean, if you could create and you knew exactly what you were going to get, again, that's a bit dead. It's a bit boring. Mm. But if you create and then life brings this weave and it turns out so much better than you imagined and that is fun. Yes. And you wouldn't want to know that, would you? You don't want to be in control. Not really. No. Not if it's all a game. Mm. And you came here and you decided to come here. Like, you mm. can imagine. It's a big game of hide and seek. Massive. Yeah. So tell me about the big vision. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so. In the channeled session where I dreamed in a new earth and a new Eden and the magic that unfolded after that for me personally, that's what that I, was you by yourself. That was me with my partner in a channeling session and that higher energy saying, you're, oh, yeah. you're dreaming, you can dream much bigger. You're God. What do you want to dream? You know? And so finally I just relaxed and went, okay, well a new Eden, you know, and I saw it in my mind. I really feel it, felt it and saw it. It was profound. And since that's actually the moment where I dedicated my life to this work, I was like, okay, I've had that dream now. That's what I stand by. And, mm. and, but it felt, it feels like such a fantasy. It felt like such a fantasy, like, and really quite embarrassing for me to say, oh yeah, I'm dreaming in a new Eden. Like that feels mm. so naff, but I put it on my website. I say it all the time. I put it everywhere. I'm dreaming in a new earth and a new Eden, you know, even though in my mind, I'm like, Oh my God. And <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Um, but the courage to declare a dream, right? When you think it's ridiculous, that's so then when manifest came in, I was thinking about what, what we could do with the funds. If we made money from it, what could we do with it? And I was dreaming into that. I was on such a high this day. And then this vision came to me. And definitely dreams come. You don't create them. They drop mm. in. Yeah. And so I had this vision of a way, of a campaign that we could do that would involve the whole world. And, and it's, a shift in, it's a shift towards unity consciousness. But it translates to actionable change physical change on the planet mm. and when I saw the end point um, I'm not I'm not actually saying what the vision is just yet I'm not quite sure how to share that but the outcome of the vision when I was in there seeing it I was seeing wells being dug and market gardens growing and forests being replanted and rivers being cleaned and and then oh so lost in the bliss of this you know and 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 then I got a tap on my shoulder metaphorically from this higher energy saying can you see what this is do you see what this is and it's you know dawned on me oh my god it's a new earth it's a new eden it's it's actually possible now for us to do this mm. without worrying about governments without 
you know, we can just do this and, and I've shown a way of doing that. Mm. And it's called the 2020 vision, which of course is for people who don't know, that means perfect vision in yeah. eyesight. And, um, which of course, those kinds of bits of magic come in all the time when you're dreaming. Mm. And, and it's going to happen at the end of next year and it involves the whole world. And from where I'm sitting now, I have no idea how that's going to happen. However, mm. on the path to it, another dreaming, because of course it all weaves in, was, you know, when I was dreaming about working with the shamans and the healers, the original dream for that was to have to, for it to be in a stadium, mm. a stadium full, and I always thought Perth, mm -hmm. Optus Stadium, a stadium full of conscious creators. Um, I mean, imagine a stadium full of people that believe this, creating a field and dreaming in a new earth and dreaming about possibilities and sounding, you know, doing sounds of creation. And we'll have the elders from cultures from all around the world sharing their prophecies of this time, of this shift that's happening on the planet because it's prophesized all over the place that this is a shift in consciousness, this is an awakening consciousness and the world is going to change. Um, so, you know, have elders there. I'd love to have Abraham Hicks there. And this big dream has just started to come through in the last few weeks because um, and it's for the 22nd of the second next year is the Optus Stadium event 22nd of February 22nd of February and I I mean I'm just about to have a meeting with with Optus Stadium that's where I'm at with it and it's in less than eight months and I have no idea and so you know it's been the energy at the moment's a bit like oh, can I really believe this are we really doing this oh my god but then again, I'm called to action. Things have happened. I, I've, you know, a friend had a birthday party at the stadium and I went there. It's the first time I've ever been there. It's mm. just a couple of weeks. I just, anyway, there's too much. It's too complex, but point mm. is it's coming in. And so that's big, a stadium, you know, 60,000 people. All in a big circle. All in a big circle. And I had thought the stadium's a bit dry, right? It's a bit like, wouldn't should we have it out in the bush but it came to me the circle is really important the, the formation so it's the biggest sacred circle ever mm. and then that would lead on to the 2020 vision the end of next year so and are you able to vocalize some of the vision I, when I'm asked that question, I really feel into what the answer is for me, and I'm not feeling to share it now, partly because mm -hmm. the idea is very simple, and um, I feel like people need to go into. I like to take people into the dreaming of it. So I shared it at Manifest. We went into the dreaming of it, and um, and it, it'll be shared at the gathering, which is this event, the mm -hmm. stadium event. Um, what I'd love to do is like, for example, tell you and then you just share your response to it as so people get a sense of hearing your response without knowing what it is. You know, I'd like to do that with with people. Keep an element of, OK, it's absolutely possible because when people hear it, they can either go. Uh, uh, but if you hear it in the dream, the possibility, it's like, holy shit. It's, it's huge it's mm. it's just like yes of mm. course so um but for now i'm feeling because i'm not really connecting i don't know i can't feel this audience yes fair enough so 
and it's so it's so like I this I'm holding this vision with absolute faith <sighs> and I do the <sighs> at the end because it's like oh god really anyway feel like a burden it feels like a great leap Mm. you know to say to sit here it's just me with no backing or anything going oh yeah we're going to have an event at Optus Stadium on the 22nd of February and then after that we're going to change the world at the end of the year some of the leading dudes around the planet are going to come yeah yeah leading dudes yeah and we're going to fill the stadium 60,000 people and then and then yeah we're going to change the world we're going to literally change the course of history at the end of next year like to to declare that and then stand by it and take the action when I'm called. Oh yeah, it does take some it takes some takes some courage. Hmm. Takes some balls just to say uh, it on the microphone. Yeah. And I know some friends have said to me at times, you know, they've been angry when they first meet me and they're like they, they feel this anger because they're like, How dare you can't say that. Hmm. You can't. And they'll you know, there's already my members of my family poo-poo the idea and not most of them most of them are awesome and really support mm. it but you know it's definitely I have to stand with this vision even through all the doubts of many many people oh it's not gonna work. it can work we can do it we can change the world you know it and everyone that hears this idea I can promise you it'll be a challenge to do it but in your heart you will say yes like this is absolutely I'm ready for this it's time it's absolutely possible yes to this shift and I I truly believe everything else I've dreamed in this way has come in so it's just a bigger bigger leap bigger dream and this is the first time I've really shared it on online so in a few years time people will be coming back to this I'm just dreaming it in now people will be coming back to this to this to hear when I first declared it with no idea how it's going to come in you heard it here. Heard it here first on Brin's WA Real. <laughs> just coming out of your specific focus, I just wanted to ask you a question because um, you're also, I noticed, um, one of the admins on a Facebook group, quite a large one, Perth Awakening, mm. where um, it's a space and opportunity for people to put out ideas, workshops, events that they may be running. And I think, I, I believe you're right in that there are more and more people opening up to new ideas and what have you. Um, and I remember for myself, all of a sudden, you know, reading a few books and then suddenly thinking to myself, oh, something's on now. Where do I go? What do mm. I do? Who do I talk to? That can be kind of confronting. And you can see this stuff on Facebook groups like the one you're an admin for and help uh, administer. As somebody who six years ago was a complete skeptic and then went into a journey that was very much your own, what can you say to somebody who's very much at that six years ago point? Because you're going to encounter people that mm. you really resonate with. And that resonation might have a time, well, not so much a time as in a development shelf life to it. Mm. And then you're going to encounter people who you think 
are telling you the stuff that you want to hear but you don't really feel it and I know you've had some experience of this mm. um, I think it's really important to just talk about that mm, for a minute that's huge it's a great thing to talk about and I really feel like it's it's such a personal journey in learning to trust yourself mm. and not think that this is a time when gurus you are your own guru now we have to come back to being our own master. Mm. And it's my belief, and other gurus have said it, that the, these ultimately these teachers have to fail us. Every relationship, in a way, has to fail because otherwise we don't come back to ourselves. Mm. And we have to learn to trust ourselves because, because we are the source. And all our life we've been taught to look outside of ourselves mm. and to not trust ourselves. So it's a, it's a huge leap. So when you're looking through those courses and all those offerings that are online and everything in life, you know, it's like, how does it feel for you and where you're at? And as much as you can really trust, trust your intuition and feel it and go in and make mistakes. I've been in some things that were a big mistake mm. <laughs> and I learned how to trust myself after it. I realized that at the beginning I felt a certain way going in. But it wasn't until you know I spent years in some things, and then you come out the other side and go, "Oh yeah, I kind of knew at the beginning." Yeah, you know, this is how we learn. So not to give yourself a hard time, but but there's a there is a lot out there, and there's a lot that I wouldn't personally go to, and there's a lot of awesome stuff happening here. So mm. so just it's trust yourself and feel it out. And if you go to something and you don't like it, leave halfway through. You know, we're so just really feel your intuition mm. and, and trust the guidance and, and trust that you're going to have some experiences that you might not really particularly like at the time, but it's yeah. polishing your diamond. Mm. And yeah, I guess that's the same when you're at the, the start of the path too, start of the start of the journey. And Jana actually, who's my very close friend who, who set up that page, Perth Tribe Awakening, mm. she... Um, She's very much about that. Like, how do we support people who are just opening to these realms that mm. can seem... And there are. There's some crazies talking, you know. It's, oh, shit, yeah. You know, you're really put off by some of the weird things that are going on and some of the weird... So it's, you know, I guess Taoism, right? Middle path, trusting mm. yourself. Trust that you're being called there because you're wanting to open and there will be the perfect group for you and good luck. Have fun on the wild ride. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. What have you learnt about yourself in this journey? Oh, these are such good questions. Um, so, well, I can trust myself, which is really so big. I've learnt that I've learnt that we are our own masters. I've learnt that we have to trust ourselves. We have to. And, and that means, you know, trusting everything we do and everything we say, even though sometimes it might be unpleasant and, you know, and, but it doesn't mean you don't look at yourself and don't question what you're doing. You know, it's such a, it's such a ride. There's no, if there's one easy, quick path, we'd all be there right mm. but we all have to figure it out ourselves so I guess and I just and it's all learning 
I keep learning that I keep learning that it's okay to be vulnerable, mm-hmm. that it's okay to make mistakes. I've made so many mistakes. I've been, you know, been in really embarrassing moments in front of people and 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 I've learned that all oh, that's really okay. <laughs> um I've learned to to be prepared to face rejection and and just to keep and all of that takes a love of the self loving and trusting myself above everything and and then then it's sourced from within right and it's just overflowing and the love becomes overflowing and mm. doesn't rely on anyone but yeah I'm still still getting there with all of that as well but so much I mean I've learned so much that's why mm. the ride is so juicy right every day man juicy, it's like yeah. <gasps> My God, like every conversation I have with people is so, oh, oh, yeah, oh, like every day it feels like you're just new realizations and it's a wild, rich, challenging, exciting ride. Hmm. Where would uh, Western Australia be if more people took on board the fact that they are the source? Well, I'm hoping at least 60,000 of you will <laughs> come to Optus Stadium. Yeah, well, well, they say that. What would it look like, Western Australia? I'm going into a little vision of how that would look, but what I definitely see is it's happening. Like more these Tuesday nights, more and more people are coming, and they're like, "I didn't know this was on. I've been, I didn't even realize communities like this existed. Nobody I know is into this stuff, and you know, and so mm. there are, we're all dotted around. Mm. There's lots of us out there, mm. and um, and so as we come together and we build a field, so that's what they say is that as we come together, this field is built, and um, the knowledge will drop in for people who aren't quite there yet. It's like a, a tipping point. And so, you know, science is proving all this stuff now. And as science proves it, people will shift quite quickly. Once science says it's real, you know, that'll help shift people's minds. But once your it friend really is doing it, that's right. And once you know someone who's doing it and magic shows up in their life, well, mm. you, you have to take notice. So it's be this, the change, it's, be it's the this, beacon. Yeah, it's a ripple effect. It's a snowball effect. And it's happening already. It's my whole world is this, you know, I don't everybody I know is into this stuff mm. so it's hard to kind of believe there's another <laughs> suddenly when I go somewhere and I'm like oh that's right yeah you step outside of it step outside of it but it's it's happening and if you listen to any you go and listen to you know different different cultural elders talk mm. about what's happening on the planet now it's happening mm. and um, we're on our way and what law of attraction says and the teachings say is that it's already done like you can relax and your dream is already done you just get to live it out which is, um, you know, we don't have to struggle so much. Mm. So I don't know, Perth, I think, could be incredible. It's so clean and beautiful over here. Imagine if we had, like, I don't know, solar panels and, I don't know, this is this is just my personal dreaming. It's not really if we all became conscious creators. What, well, this is the thing, right? This is my thing. I take myself to that. Mm. What if we truly are conscious creators and we mm. truly are waking up and enough of us realize that we can dream in whatever we want to dream in. I have no idea what's possible in that, in that realm. Mm. And what they say is things will happen beyond our capacity to imagine. 
worlds upon worlds like we cannot even begin to imagine um a teacher i like i really admire darpan talks about you know it's a really old one but the 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 caterpillar to the butterfly it's totally discontinuous from the past it's gone into something t- radically different mm. so i'm i'm interested in mm. oh my god i i don't and i particularly like the caterpillar to the butterfly analogy because in order for the butterfly's wings to fully form it needs to struggle out of yes. the yes Yes, and do you know that in the chrysalis it it becomes liquid? Mm. It, everything turns into clear liquid. Like what the? I know. If it goes into nothing and then it just comes back out as this. So and that <clears throat> they say that's you know we're evolving. That's, that's what's happening. I don't know. It's just it's blows my the mind. The thing the thing that I um, the thing that I find sometimes when talking to people who's not necessarily as open to this as as um, myself is that I tend to take it old Bryn used to try and force somebody into believing the same thing as me and now what I find is I sit back and go okay so this is my story and this is what I'm choosing to believe in mm. and this is your story and this is what you're choosing to believe in okay how's how's it turning out for you mm. How's running that story turning out for you? Mm. It's fascinating. The answers you get. Yeah, I think we just... That's not, that's not a judgment call. No. If, it, if it's freaking awesome. Yeah. If you're doing it. Oh, that's, I look at some of my, you know, some family members and friends who are not into this at all and they're having a great time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, maybe, that, maybe I should just <laughs> back off all this stuff a bit. And, yeah. But I can't help it. It's my passion, right? But, um, but yeah, I don't know. They're living their world. All, all we have to worry about is our own our own world. Create our world the way we want it. That's the beauty of it. We don't have to really worry mm. about anyone else. And the best thing you can do for another person is just be an inspiration in your own mm. life. And if they want to learn, they'll do it. And if they don't, yeah, it's a biggie that one. Trying to mm. rescue people. I mean, I, I'm such an old codependent. I'm a massive codependent. Like you know, wanting to rescue people, and so that was a biggie for me. I had to get over. So now I'll just rescue the planet instead. <laughs> but it's a different, it's a whole different, um, whole different energy I'm bringing. Mm. Now it's like, listen, everyone gets to choose. This is just my choice. It's just what I want. Yeah. So often I ask guests, um, what does the next three to five years look like? You've in part answered that question. <laughs> yeah. But what does it look like? You know, obviously you have your bigger vision, but what does it look like for you, Tash? Mm. Well, what's just what are you coming dreaming to me? in for yourself? Yeah, this, these are such great questions because it takes me seriously, as if this is really serious, right? Um, I'm going to be really busy, going to be really busy meeting incredible people and creating incredible things, and then and and holding this holding this thing, and I'm going to be moving deeper into trust and really, really trusting every step. I'm going to be awakening more because everything is coming through and all I see are people wanting to help other people and I see consciousness I see unity consciousness coming in and I see the planet shifting over two to five years my this dreaming coming in which by the way is not just my dream it's the dream of many people around the world Mm. a new earth a new Eden it's a catch cry at the moment Um, 
So I see that the next five years are, are going to be major changes in the most beautiful, stunning, powerful ways. And life is just getting more and more magical. No doubt I will expand. May that be through joy. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, I, I intend to do the Optus Stadium event, the 2020 vision, and then I intend to travel the world showing how that vision is unfolding, inspiring the rest of the world. And I'll probably, you know, have a couple of acres somewhere with some chickens and right. something to come back to. Home. Yeah. What's Tash grateful for? I'm grateful for this free country, this beautiful place I live, my community, this journey unfolding, my health, my family, meeting amazing people, getting to do these awesome things. So much, so much. I'm just very grateful for that I get to even just to be a part of this, just to be a part of it. It's pretty wild. Hmm. What are some of the things? This is this is quite heady stuff. Mm -hmm. What do you do on like other things that you do on a daily basis that keep you kind of grounded? Yeah, yeah, and not. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, definitely, I practice. I practice gratitude. Mm -hmm. I really am aware of. And I practice keeping an eye out for magic, for synchronicities, for, you know, I really try and interrupt my habit of thought. If I'm going down a negative track, I consciously am aware of that. I stop it, which is, can be a real challenge. And then I'll think about, you know, something I'm looking forward to or focus on something I'm grateful for. Or, you know, it doesn't always work. My negative mind can take me sometimes, right. of course. Um, but what I do know is when I do the practice of, say, meditation just for 15 minutes in the morning and really being aware, setting my intention in the morning, every morning I do wake up, even if it's just a couple of minutes, and I go, okay, today is going to be, you know, it's unfolding, it's, there's fun, I'm feeling ease and grace, I'm, you know, I'm, I feel guided. I do that every morning, even mm. just 30 seconds before I touch the ground. Remember, I am God's source energy in a physical body. You know, I remind myself of that all the time. And, and then just really being aware and as much as I can, relaxing, handing over, relaxing. And I do my Tuesday nights. So that's really important for mm. me to be in that community, really immerse myself in the teachings every week and being sharing with everyone I know. You know, this is, this is a common conversation. But yeah, to... to to just practice practice allowing being aware of it <sighs> meditation's the biggie and you know what I like to say to people is meditation is not only it's not that you just feel peaceful after it you know like that's great but that doesn't fix anything right mm. no you're actually in the time that you're meditating you're actually allowing magic to flow through you you're opening a floodgate mm. the more you can meditate you are opening a floodgate and things are getting fixed <laughs> And of course, we don't want to think about it that way because you want to be in gratitude for now. It's all that, it's all that dance between all of this stuff. But, but I just like mm. saying meditation is more than just being peaceful. There are, 
there are crazy things happening in that space and we do connect in with our higher self and messages come guidance comes mm. you know things just get resolved it's having the bravery and courage to act on that well you'll be inspired to act inspired yes yeah you'll be inspired to mm. act but it's the bravery and courage to meditate for 15 minutes mm. because we think it's a waste of time I don't have time was it someone told me recently if you don't think you have enough time to yeah. meditate for 20 minutes meditate for, for an, an hour, hour. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And the last question I ask my guests is if you could take one little nugget of information and just upload it into the collective consciousness so everybody just gets it, what would that be? Oh. I just keep this instantly the words trust yourself mm. come in. Do you dare to trust yourself? Because your source your it mm. your consciousness so <sighs> I'm I'm kind of breathing deeply at that because I don't even fully know what that is like it feels but it comes in so clearly just mm. trust can you trust can you do you dare to trust a little more do you dare to trust that this life is for you mm. and that everything does have a purpose even if you can't see it right now yeah. And that as you look back and you see your most challenging times, you know that that's where you had most growth and beauty came out of that. And or else you're still in the midst of the expansion of it. Mm. Still in the midst of the growth, but but can can you trust and hand over and merge with this thing? And open to the possibility that life actually is magical and it's meant to be fun as we start to awaken who, to who we truly are. And things just start to become more in ease and more grace. And yeah, that would be it. Start relaxing and trusting a little more. Mm. If somebody wants to come and find you, mm. come to an event, come talk to you where do they find you yeah so I'm on I'm online www.tashkelly.com and then you'll be seeing the gathering around Optus Stadium event and then Tuesday nights every Tuesday we have a circle at um, Replants which is 96 Ray Avenue in Fremantle it's from 6.30 to 8.30 so uh, yeah so, so I do I do those events I do one on one sessions and lots of other stuff in between. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. Yeah, Tash. thank you. It's been, I felt really like present here. Hmm. Thank you very much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. I think the biggest things that have come through to me is, I think consciously, well, secretly we'll probably all agree with this, in ourselves there's a deep part of us that grew but then there's the whole and do I consciously know it mm. and then do I actually live it and to actually sit in a space with you who obviously has been to the journey where you live this now mm. this is what you do it's very inspiring thank you it's definitely a journey of it's faith you know we don't know it Mm. I still don't know it absolutely but it's definitely a hell of a lot of evidence to suggest it's true but it's still it's a journey of faith 
to leap without knowing. But imagine if we knew, like the leap, what's the point? But this is a leap of faith. It'd be dull. But we all are living actually incredibly exciting lives. We're on the edge. And yeah, so that leap of faith to try it out, test out who you are. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) Tash, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, Brendan. It's been really, really beautiful.